You're tuned in to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee. Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Well, I was in Toronto, of course, where I live for Global Jam this past week, where we saw the University of Kentucky head north, John Calipari and all his new troops, all his five-star recruits rolling into town. So I want to wrap up everything to do with the University of Kentucky, what I like, what I didn't like, what I think the ceiling is for Kentucky ahead this year. Also want to talk about Team Canada. I got a couple interviews. Spoke with Addison Patterson, who's had one of the craziest basketball journeys. You'll hear some of you might be familiar with him. He was a highly rated recruit at the University of Oregon a couple years ago, then transferred out, ended up leaving basketball for a year. He just quit, then revived his career at JUCO in Tallahassee and is now committed to Northwestern State. And He's played with Team Canada over the past couple of years and looked outstanding. So I check in with Addy. I've known Addy since he was about 14 or 15. I used to do the play-by-play for his high school games up at the Athlete Institute slash Orangeville Prep. Got a really good relationship with him, so got him on camera or on microphone, and we talked. Also spoke with Jamil Telford, who transferred from Northeastern to Butler. Got a quick quote from Justin Edwards on Kentucky. He's one of the big-time recruits heading in, as well as Rob Dillingham, another one of the Kentucky recruits. So got some brief audio from some of the Kentucky guys as well. Well, in the final, no surprise, Kentucky beat Canada 89-72 to win the gold and go undefeated. And wanted to run through what I saw in light to Global Jam in Toronto, mostly here with the University of Kentucky's. Well, every year you don't know what Kentucky's going to be because they have so much turnover, guys going to the NBA and transfer portal. And so year to year, Kentucky is like this enigma. Who are they? Well, first things first. Let's start with their top recruit, pretty much, DJ Wagner. So some people had him ranked as high as number one in the recruiting circles last year, but most people, he was within the top five. I think ESPN and 24-7 had him number four. He's got the size for a point guard. He's listed at 6'3". He might even be 6'4". He might be a tad bigger. I mean, I stood next to the kid. He has insane handle. He can shoot. He wants shots. He's got a lot of toughness. You can see... Because keep in mind, the Kentucky guys, these kids are all like 18, 19 years old, and they're playing against guys 22, 23 from Canada and Germany and the African kids. They had a team of uh, a bunch of guys from all the African nations all come together. So when you hear me say Team Africa, I know it's not a country, it's a continent, and they just put them all together. But DJ had the toughness. He also plays with this chip on his shoulder. Um, I got to see Keontae George from Baylor, who went in the first round of the NBA. I think he was, what, 13th overall in the NBA draft because Baylor was up in Toronto last year. Kind of compare the two because, obviously, they both play the same position and both big-time recruits. And uh, Keontae, I think, is a much better scorer than DJ, but DJ does everything else a little bit better. He'll rebound as a guard, plays really good defense. And so, I mean, DJ Wagner, McDonald's All-American Game MVP, the Gatorade New Jersey Player of the Year for three straight years. Obviously, his father, Dijuan, played college basketball at Memphis for John Calipari, was drafted sixth overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2002. And then his lineage goes even deeper than that. His grandfather, Milt Wagner, won a national championship at Louisville back in 1986, was a second-round draft pick by the Dallas Mavericks, also in 86. So his dad just won. He only ended up playing four years in the NBA, three with Cleveland, 
And then he Saturday year, he had colitis. He's had some health issues and then had a brief stint with the Golden State Warriors. And I think he went over to Europe and played a little bit. But kind of, I mean, for a guy getting drafted that high, uh, I wouldn't say it was a bust, but certainly not what you'd expect. And obviously health issues gotten away. And so DJ, the son of... Dijuan and this kid is out of this world to me he's a surefire first round pick is he a lottery guy I don't know because again he's what 18 years old maybe just turning 19 uh and so he's got a lot of room to grow so we'll see but you have to watch DJ Wagner must see TV and uh he's going to be a difference maker for the University of Kentucky another guy that I really loved and to be honest you know I when I went I didn't you know I don't pay attention too much to the recruiting rankings other than Canadian guys because I'm up here in Toronto, but one kid that I love, you see him come off the bench, he doesn't look like much, but Reed Shepard, this kid, white guy, guard, the son of Jeff Shepard, who I found out after when I was chatting with some of the guys in the media room who'd come up from Lexington, the local TV guys and radio guys are all up in Canada, but... I remember his dad because I'm old enough. His dad, Jeff Shepard, was the MVP of the 1998 Final Four. He won two national championships with Kentucky. His dad, more of a shooting guard, um, didn't really play the, the point much, but he was a great player, a really nice player. I love Jeff Shepard. And obviously his mom also played hoops for the University of Kentucky as well. But Reed was rated as high as the number 22 overall recruit by ESPN, McDonald's All-American. Mr. Kentucky basketball in 2023. I mean, that's just a great resume, but he's got that it factor. When you just, just to look at him, doesn't look much. You see, you know, kind of average white guy. Hey, I'm a white guy. I can say this, but doesn't really look the part, but he's got the it. He can shoot just like Pops. He's got a really quick trigger, but he's a much better ball handler. Uh, Calipari had him play a little bit of the point guard just because he wanted to see what he can do in the post-round press conference, post-game press conference. Calipari said he's not going to play too much of the point guard, but he, he will at some points play the one, two, and three for him all throughout the season. He's got a little bit of that it factor. He's got some shimmy way more than his dad. Um, his handle is just out of this world. He's got a bag of tricks almost like, you know, a New York street baller. He's got just things that you don't see a lot of other players have. Uh, he's got decent size, will play good defense. I think Reed Shepard is going to be one of the biggest surprises in college basketball this year. I think he's going to be a lot better than what most people think. He's also a gamer. You could see, you know, I watched him shoot around. You're like, whatever, not that impressive. But when the lights were on, the cameras were on, and again, he's going up against, I saw, I sat courtside against the African squad, and he torched them. He came off the bench and was this huge boost. And so Reed Shepard, son of Jeff Shepard, watch out for this dude this year. This guy can play. One guy that most college basketball fans are already familiar with, Trey Mitchell. Just transferred into Kentucky uh, as late as, what, June 27th because he was at West Virginia. And obviously all the drama surrounding Bob Huggins and his DUI and then him getting fired. And so there's been a mass exodus at West Virginia. And Trey Mitchell, one of those guys. Uh, started out his career at UMass, was playing in the A-10, transferred to Texas for a season, and transferred to West Virginia for a bit, and then just before the start of the season, literally June 27th, announced he was transferring to Kentucky again, so he's just trying to figure out what his role was, but um, yeah, I, I mean, he's a really nice player. I mean, the guy's played now, he's at his fourth school. I hope he doesn't have as many wives as he does colleges, because that's going to get really expensive for him in the future. As a guy with two baby mamas, that's me, uh, I know how expensive that can get. And so Trey, 
I hope you don't have any as many wives as you do schools. Uh, but he can really play. Really enjoyed him. He's got great size. He's a disruptor. He's never going to be the number one scoring option for Kentucky. But he can score. He can block shots. Rebound. Does a lot of great things. I mean, as far as a depth pickup late for Calipari, this is outstanding. I mean, this guy's a legit big-time college basketball player. Obviously playing at West Virginia and Texas. He's played big minutes and, and big moments. And so... Trey Mitchell, he's going to be really key. Um, I think he's more of like that, you know, Swiss Army knife. He can do a bunch of things, even though he's a big guy. So love the addition of Trey Mitchell and uh, enjoyed watching him play up close because uh, he's a dude. One guy that really surprised me, he was the leading scorer of Global Jam for, well, for Kentucky anyway, Antonio Reeves. He transferred last year in from Illinois State. This guy can fill it up. I mean, they've got all these other guys, you know, on Kentucky, and I think the coaches sort of schemed to stop them and just let Antonio Reeves run wild, and he was torching everyone, you know, led Kentucky in scoring. He was really good. Southeastern Conference, sixth man of the year last year, played in 34 games for Calipari, including 14 Starks, ranked second on the team with 14.4 points per game. He's made a team-high 83-pointers. So, you know, this guy's this kind of wild card for Kentucky. Everyone schemes and plans for everyone else. And then a dude like Reeves can come out of nowhere and fill it up. This is also proof that recruiting is not an exact science because this guy slipped through the cracks. Plays in the Missouri Valley Conference at Illinois State. And now ends up being a major part of John Calipari's plans at Kentucky. And so watch out for Antonio Reeves this year. Really liked his game. Well, another one of the highly ranked freshmen to look out for on Kentucky is Rob Dillingham. This is a kid from Hickory, North Carolina. He was ranked as high as number 13 overall by 24-7 Sports. He played in that overtime elite league. So if people aren't that familiar with him, that's why, I mean, we I'm up here in Canada. We don't say anything about that. There's no TV coverage, no YouTube streams. I don't see any of it. But average just under 15 points a game last year. Really nice player. Um, again, he's not going to have to be all world for Kentucky. This is a guy, he's not a one and done guy. If he thinks he is, he's delusional, but this is a guy, I think if you, you know, he's going to stick around Kentucky for a couple years and he could develop into something really special, really mature young man. He came up and did the media scrum with us. And, uh, I got to ask one quick question. So the day before I saw them play on the Saturday, they had spent Friday afternoon at Drake's house in Toronto, Obviously, Calipari, good buddies with Drake. Drake wasn't even there. He's on tour. He was up in Montreal on tour, but Calipari got the keys to his house. All the Kentucky guys over there, he posted a video on social, them taking a dip in the pool and stuff like that, hanging out. So when I got a chance, I wanted to ask Rob Dillingham any thoughts on what he liked about Drake's house. What do you have to say? So you went to Drake's house yesterday. What was the most impressive thing you saw there? <laughs> Probably the gym. The gym was crazy, and then... Uh, in the back, it had all the jerseys of all the old players. You know, every jersey was signed, so it was just a crazy experience to see all of them. Well, Kentucky loaded with five-star freshman Dillingham. One of them, another one of them, Justin Edwards, a freshman from Philadelphia, six foot eight, lefty. He was ranked as high as number three overall by three different recruiting services. He was the Max Preps Pennsylvania High School Player of the Year and a McDonald's All-American this past season. Calipari says he wants this kid to add 10 pounds before the start of the season. We look pretty big to me, but I guess Calipari wants him to be a bit more physical. But for a big guy, he's got good hands. Uh, he can pass the ball, uh, rebound, and he can score You know when he wants. He's, he's willing to take shots in, at big moments. But 
really good player. Watch out for things from Justin Edwards this year because I mean, just another you know, five star after five star, and they all live up to the to the billing in person. When you see them in person, you're like, yeah, no, he's a five star, all right. And so, had a quick chance to jump in the media scrum with Justin Edwards after, and he was asked about Reed Shepard and DJ Wagner and what he thought about them. It, it seems like Reed Shepard, everyone's asked every player, has it surprised them to see what he's doing? Has it surprised you to see what he's doing? Because it's not. Nah. Kind of I played against Reed, so everything he's doing now, he did against us in high school when we played him in Louisville. I think you played with DJ briefly when you guys were younger. Yeah. Um, what do you kind of remember about that experience? Obviously, he might have been really young, but um, did you know he was going to be a pretty good player back then? No, I didn't know who he was at, at first, if we be honest, but that's my guy, though. So it's like, you know, there's, uh, I don't know. I feel like we got, all, we got closer as the years went on, and we've been friends ever since. One of the guys on Kentucky I was disappointed I didn't get to see play is Ugana on Yenso. He's a seven-footer. When I saw him, he had a walking boot or cast on. I think it was his left foot and crutches. Uh, according to reports, he's going to be out for months is what they said. They didn't list the injury, but looking at him up close, looks like he's probably got a broken foot. Uh, if he's going to be out for a few months, but just looking at this dude, you, you see the guy, he's just under seven feet tall, but he looks like a man. He looks like what Bam out of Bayou looked like at the same age, just jacked physically, looks ready to play in the NBA today. And I was so disappointed to get to see him because when you look at him, you know, I'm a right do play by play for all the top high school teams in Canada, including Orangeville Prep. And, you know, I've covered NCAA basketball for years and interviewed hundreds of coaches and stuff. But just the eyeball test, you look at the kid and you go, that's a Kentucky player. Um, he was one of the top three recruits coming out last year. He's heading into his second season with Kentucky. And so Kentucky's going to start down a few guys, including Onyenso, one of the seven-footers. There's another big guy Calipari said was out. I forget who it was. But, you know, I don't have national championship hopes for this version of Kentucky. Just, you know, going eyeball. You see what Baylor was last year when they came up. I don't think they're as good as that. Baylor was kind of mediocre this season. And so, I mean, keep in mind, this is Calipari, right? They always start off slow. By the time February, March comes around, these dudes are all players. There's so many young guys and so uh, so many moving pieces. But, I mean, look, I love Kentucky, but I just don't know if this is a national championship squad or a team that can make a deep run uh, in, in the tournament. Will they get in? Probably. But um, I think this is going to be a bit of an up-and-down year for, for Kentucky and Calipari, and uh, he's got a lot of work to do. Now, wanted to talk about... Team Canada, a couple of kids that I know well, and a couple of other kids that are you know interesting that you guys probably want to know about. The main kid I mentioned off the top that I got an interview coming up in just a second. I'll play it, but Addison Patterson. This guy is you know he's this enigma. Uh, came coming out of high school. You know I mentioned I did the play by play for his first couple of years in high school up at Athlete Institute. Then he transferred down to Bella Vista Prep in Arizona. Had a whole bunch of offers. Ended up going, I think he was rated as a four-star recruit, ended up going to Oregon. Played pretty well at Oregon coming off the bench, but then they brought in a whole bunch of guys, and I don't know why, but he wanted to transfer out. So he announces he's going to transfer to Nevada to, at that point to go play for Eric Musselman, which is, hey, love the move, cool. He's going to go play in the Mountain West. Mountain West, an outstanding conference, really good basketball. You can get to the league from the Mountain West, uh, and obviously playing for Emus. But doesn't end up suiting up there ever. I think he was there for a year. I think he had to sit out to transfer, you know, reasons back then. They didn't have the, you know, where you could just transfer and play. And then announces, then I see a while later, he's going to go to Salt Lake Juco. 
And you're like, okay, cool. And then, you know, season starts, he's not on the roster, doesn't end up playing a game for Salt Lake. And then he kind of disappears for a while. And then I see his parents. I, I know his mom and I've chatted with his dad a little bit because Addison's younger brother, Elijah, plays at Orange Trail Prep where I do the play-by-play. So they're in the gym. I remember seeing them about a year or so ago and going like, what's going on with Addy? Where the hell is he? And we're like, we don't know. We, he's, he's, he's at home. He's not playing ball. And so you're like, ay, ay, ay. This is a kid that went during BioSeal All-Canadian Week which I also do commentating for. That's the McDonald's All-American uh, Canadian version, BioSteel Week. And I remember chatting with a couple NBA scouts there and seeing who they were looking to go see. And one of them was Addison Patterson, maybe a 16-year-old Addy. And they were there checking him out. He, this kid is an elite player, you know, BioSteel All-Canadian as well. And um, just for whatever reason. Now, he could be a little bit moody at times, you know, getting to know him a little bit. When he's on, he's on. But if he's in a bad mood, you know, watch out. And so um, I ended up having a chat with him after, and I just loved the headspace. It was funny because I sat there and waited for him. He was the last one out of the dressing room coming out after Canada beat uh, Team Africa on Thursday night, and I sat specifically wait to talk to Addy and this is our interview. So Addy, thoughts on wearing the Canada jersey once again? Yeah, it was amazing. It's always great wearing the Canada jersey, and especially playing in front of home and in the city. It's just seeing all these familiar faces in the crowd, and it's just a great feeling. It's, my heart's full right now. So you recently made a decision to go to Northwestern State. What was it about that school that piqued your interest? Um, it was purely the coaches staff, uh, Coach Rick, uh, Coach Hayden Harkins, and um, Coach Chad, uh, Chad Bailey. They just, I, I was just winning at Juco and Tallahassee, and we had a great year. Um, the best relationship I've had with coaches, uh, I would say ever, you know what I'm saying? I just, I trusted them, so I, was, I felt comfortable making this next step with So you've had one of the craziest kind of basketball journeys of anyone playing hoops. I mean, ever lose faith along the way? Yeah, I definitely lost faith. It was times I, I said I would never play ball again for real. And um, it's... All I can say is it's a blessing to be back in the position I am. A lot of people don't get second chances in life, man, and, and I, I got a few, so I'm trying to make the best of where I am, and, uh, and I think I'm doing that. So what motivates you now to play hoops? Is it, is it different than what it was maybe four or five years ago? Definitely, definitely. I think I'm, oh, I am I got over myself, and I really uh, got a different perspective on life, and just, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I take that to the game, and I, I share that with my teammates, and um and, and especially on this team, they're very receptive. You can talk to everybody. So us just sharing experiences and sharing what each other's been through, learning off each other. And I feel like I have a lot to teach from what I have been through. So I've just been trying to pass that on to all the guys. So Patterson is going to head to Northwestern State to play for the new coach, Rick Cabrera. So Cabrera was Patterson's head coach at Tallahassee Juco. He played for him this past year. He's got that relationship. That's why he's going there. Played really well at JUCO and had a bunch of other offers. I was surprised to see him go to Northwestern State, obviously. I mean, this is a school that's kind of on the rise down in the Southland. They were the bottom feeder for years, but been playing some decent ball over the past couple of years and uh, winning some games. And so I like the move. Uh, expect Patterson to be an all-Southland conference player. He's going to put up some points and... Um, you know, I, I love just kind of the mindset he's in, just seeing it. Trust me, I know the kid well. And to see the kind of headspace he's in was um, pretty awesome to see. I was, I was a bit worried because last year I saw him and he was he was moody again. And then just seems to kind of, God, I love when he says, you know, I just got over myself. And uh, I can kind of relate to that a little bit as well. You know, 
through, through my life where, you know, when your ego kind of gets in the way of stuff and uh, it's good to see Addy's figure that out. And he's still got a lot of basketball left in front of him. And so wish him all the best down at Northwestern State. So watch out for him. Another one of the Canadians I spoke with, Jamil Telford. This kid was at Northeastern the past couple years and an all-conference player. Uh, and then he just transferred to Butler this offseason. He's going to go play in the Big East, play for Thad Mata. Uh, in 2021, he was named the CAA Sixth Man of the Year. He was on the All-Rookie team and was a freshman All-American in 2021. Really smart kid, really nice player, and had a quick chat with him as well after he beat uh, the African squad. So, Jamil, thoughts on wearing the Canada jersey, wearing that red and white? Um, you know, it's always an honor to wear a jersey, you know, represent where you're from, the last name, and obviously the people that played before you in the country. So, it's always an honor. Glad we got the win, and we'll get ready for tomorrow. So, you had some success at Northeastern and now making the move over to Butler. What was it about Butler that said this is the right place for me? Um, I would say my relationship with the coaching staff. Um, that's something I really, I was really looking to when I got into a portal. Um, they just made me feel like I was at home. But it was home, um, Coach Mata and his whole family. And you know this style of play, I feel like uh, the Big East and the way they play is a style that fits my game. So those were, I would say, the two things that um, made me choke Butler. What do you know about the, the Big East going back to 80s and 90s? I mean, this these are like brawls and stuff. It's a rugged league. I mean, uh, you're, you're like knowledge of the history of the league. I mean, uh, damn, that's, I started watching the Big East. So I think I had NBA, NCAA, the game, NCAA 2008. And I just remember playing with my older brothers. Um, they had the Big East. They had the Syracuse, uh, Georgetown. Um, I remember that game actually, that six overtime game between those two. That was pretty crazy. And then obviously Kemba Walker, uh, the UConn run, uh, Louisville I think was in the Big East too. So uh, just watching, you know, the history of basketball, uh, college basketball. You just know the Big East is an historical conference that's always been good. So, and this year um, every team is good. So it's going to be a bloodbath in there. You know, I was impressed. He actually knew a little bit about the history of the Big East and because uh, a lot of the kids they speak to, they have no idea about anything kind of more than five or six years ago. So that was cool to see. But, you know, this is a Northeastern kid, an educated young man, really bright. One thing I loved about him, he was one of the first out of the dressing room. I said, no, I've never really spoke to Jamil. I called one or two of his games. He used to play for a school called Thornley up in Toronto, well, in North York. And then he went to prep school in New Hampshire for his last couple of years. But I called one of his games when he was in grade 10 or 11. So I kind of knew him, but not personally. But uh, when I grabbed him, he kind of knew who I was from, you know, some of the videos I've done with the Canadian kids and we chatted. But he said, give me a few minutes. I got to sign some autographs for the kids first before we talk. And I love that. You know, obviously, hey, it sucks for me. I got to sit there and wait. But he had the wherewithal to understand. No, no, no. These little kids come first before you. And uh, that's certainly an encouraging sign. Now, one of the guys on Canada that I loved, I knew nothing about this guy until I walked in the gym and, and watched him play, Aiden Warnholtz. This is a kid that played for Carleton University in Canada. Doesn't even play in the NCAA. People, you know, for Americans listening to this, they're like, what the hell's Carleton? Carleton has been the top university program in Canada for easily 15, 20 years now. During all the preseason tours over the past decade or so, uh, the teams come up here and they go play Carlton and Carlton, I think at one point beat eight NCAA teams in a row. Uh, I watched them in 2017 run over Wichita state. This is when Greg Marshall was there. This Wichita state team had, um, Landry Shamit, 
Oh, what was the big guy? Oh, my God. Uh, I forget the big guy's name, but he ended up playing the NBA for a little bit out of Wichita State. So they had some dudes, and they beat them by 25-26 up in auto. I went to go watch the game. And Greg Marshall the next night. Greg Marshall was livid after that game. And then the next night, he ended up throwing a chair at one of the refs in Montreal when they were playing up in McGill and Obviously, Greg Marshall, no longer the coach at Wichita State. But Carleton, I know it's Canadian. They are an outstanding program. I interviewed Kermit Davis a couple years ago after they went and played him when he was with Ole Miss. And I asked him, I said, is that a, you know, where would you rank them? Because that's a top 25 team in the NCAA. They're, they're really good. What they do, they get. Obviously, the best Canadian players all go there. And then they get a lot of guys who maybe went down to the U.S. for a couple of years and for whatever reason wanted to come home back to Canada and play hoops. So they got a bunch of NCAA, got a bunch of NCAA transfers and stuff like that and really good players. But Aiden Warnholtz, this kid, uh, I mean, is he an NBA guy? I don't know, but he's certainly going to play high-level pro. You never know, might get a chance to work his way through the G League and whatever, but He's been playing pro this summer in the CEBL with the Niagara River Lions. He was a first-round university pick uh, with Niagara, and he's played some games there. But last year at Carlton, played in all 22 games. He set program records in assists and minute played, and that's impressive. You're leading Carlton in an assist, like, all time. That's pretty good. Played four years at Carlton and was the Final Eight tournament MVP. So, you, you know, in America, you have the Final Four. We call it the Final Eight up here in Canada. He was the MVP. And this dude can really play. Watch out for Aiden Warnholtz. Uh, another kid you want to know about in the NCAA, Kellen Tynes on Team Canada. Uh, he's with Maine. He had eight steals in one of the games, I think, against Kentucky. He led the NCAA in total steals last year. Um, sneaky good player. Again, Maine's got a bunch of Canadians. Their head coach, Chris Markwood, I think is Canadian, or he's recruited, lived in Montreal for a while, and so he's got all these Canadian kids, and so... Watch out for Kellentines. One of the kids that's a bit of a, you know, a strange one. Enoch Boache started out at Arizona State, was a huge recruit, originally committed to Michigan State to play for Tom Izzo, then decommitted, went to Arizona State, and was mediocre at best, and has since transferred to Fresno State. Now, when you walk in the gym and see Enoch, he looks the part. You know, he's he's jacked. He looks like a man, looks like an NBA player. If they were doing a movie on, you know, NBA guys, I would use him as an extra because he, he absolutely looks the part. But there's just something missing about his game. Couldn't finish really well. Not a great score. Can rebound and, and affect shots and block shots. Just not a great score. And I think if he can figure out how to score with Fresno State this year, he could finally become the player he's supposed to be. But, you know, in a way, this guy, five-star recruit, mentioned Michigan State won him, goes to Arizona State, doesn't really succeed there. And so hopefully he can revive his career with Fresno State. Now, I didn't get to see Germany play at Global Jam in Toronto. I did see them practice for about five minutes. They had some great size. They, they certainly looked the part, but didn't really get to see them play. But watched uh, the Africa team, what they did, took a bunch of kids from all the African nations, put them together. One of the kids NCAA fans will be familiar with, Nelly Jr. Joseph, big guy playing on the African squad, played under Rick Bettino at Iona, was an all- all-conference guy in the Metro Atlantic for a couple years, really good player, a key part of Rick Pitino reviving his career because he could get a guy like Nelly Jr. Joseph. And then he's now transferred. He's going to play for New Mexico for Richard Pitino this year. And he was pretty good. You know, Kentucky was having problems with him, Canada. He didn't play in the game against Canada. He was, I don't know, he was in tracks. I don't know if he's injured or what the deal was, but um, did play against Kentucky, looked the part and looked really good. And then one guy that surprised me on Africa is a kid from Egypt. Amir Zaron, 
You know, uh, he, he, when you walk in the gym, didn't look the part, but Kentucky was having fits with this dude. He's a really good guard. And uh, I looked him up. I don't even know where he's playing this year. He's played for the Egypt national team. But, yeah, this kid, Zaron, he's really good. If any NCAA team out there probably want to scoop this guy up because he can help a lot of people. And so that's my recap from Global Jam in Toronto. Obviously, got to rev up the podcast. Don't forget, drop me a follow on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Hit me up on Instagram as well. I don't really post too much on my personal Instagram, but on my undrafted un, undrafted underscore FA, hit that up. I do post a lot of videos all throughout basketball season. Appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to the undraftedfreeagent.com college basketball hoops. I'm your host, Chris McKee. You're tuned in to the undraftedfreeagent.com college basketball podcast with your host, Chris McKee.